In 2022, narcissism and gaslighting were two of the most Googled words of the year. That's not good. I used to think narcissist was like a name you called someone like douchebag. Little did I realize it's an actual psychological disorder. And it's not only on the rise, but it's been around for pretty much as long as people have been around. And as someone who actually reads the comments on things I post, I noticed a theme as I talked about being stalked and other scary things that have happened in my life. I can't believe you were ever around these people. How didn't you see the red flags? Even if they were delivered as snarky little jabs, great questions, which is why I wanted to present this week's topic in a really freaking cool way. I'm Nicole Arbor. Welcome to the Arbor Effect. And this is red flags and how to spot a narcissist. Trust me, I've seen them all. <laughs> On this week's episode, I have not one, not two, but three amazing guests to round out my panel on narcissism and how you can avoid these tricky human beings. <laughs> I got you a therapist, a narcissism expert, Manjit Ruprai. You may have seen her on USA Today, Fox, In the Sun, Vice, Stylist, and she sounds like a Harry Potter character. This is who I need to talk to. I got you a survivor of narcissistic abuse, Chelsea Karras, and an actual narcissist, Lee Hammock. I think he's so interesting because he knows that he is a narcissist. He has narcissistic personality disorder, but not only has he been in therapy for years for it, he has a hilarious spin on social media and helps people not only understand narcissistic personality disorder from his perspective, but get through it and hopefully avoid it. Which is why I wanna jump right into some narcissist vocabulary, starting with mirroring. What is mirroring? So a narcissist would mirror their victims so they will pretend to have the same hobbies as you the same interests as you sometimes they might even um, uh, dress like you they really want to impersonate you they even fake your empathy so that makes you think oh my god i have a double i've got somebody that likes the same things as me wants to do the same things as me and wants to eat the same things so it's my, twin flame. it's my twin flame yeah so that's why it does feel like a soulmate connection have you experienced mirroring you know when i think back there would be so many interests that i would you know express to him one of them being video making photography and things like that and he always used to say how amazing that was my creativity was awesome he even dabbled in it when he was in college and all of these things and then as the months went on, when I would want to do my photography or practice editing, he would completely trash the idea. But really what, what happens is when a narcissist mirrors you, the true colors eventually come out. So you find later on that they are um, really don't have anything in common with you at all. And he used to love my goofy side and be silly with me, making goofy faces or noises or, you know, your I'm not just so funny. Your goofy side, your your goofy flag is flying now. I love it. <laughs> and he used to love that about me. And then as time went on, I was embarrassing. I was annoying. I was acting like a child. And that personality, you know, part of me just he he hated it. Have you ever mirrored someone? Uh, yes. I feel like I mirror pretty much everybody that I'm around that either I'm jealous of or that has something that I feel like I need. Kind of like I'm taking mental notes. Like, you know how like the the, the brain snapshots, the little, yeah. yeah, just taking mental notes about how people act and how they react and things like that, just to kind of, you know, be 
better, just trying to create a better person overall. Better person? Or do you think sometimes you're creating a different character by taking all these parts and smashing it together? Uh, so I feel like in that situation, I feel like both things can be true. I feel like my life is a character. I, I, I remember telling one of my ex-girlfriends, I like, my life is like my greatest acting role ever. A narcissist really is a mishmash of various personalities. So they mirror people throughout their life, every relationship, every person. It was so mind blowing at the time. And when now that I'm out of it and I see like the whole relationship, I'm just sitting there like I got sucked in so badly. What I experienced is someone mirroring me and then I went to go to that play of the thing that they said they love just as much as me. Oh my God, it's my favorite too. And it, it tipped me off when they didn't know the characters. They didn't know the songs. They didn't know any of it. And I was like, so who's your favorite? And they didn't have a favorite. They have no they idea. Know, they didn't know any of it. Uh, they were lying the whole time. I don't think they have their own identity. I just feel like I'm acting at all times, but I'm being a better person at the same time. A happy narcissist. Yeah, I try, I try to be a, a, an externally happy narcissist. I feel like internally there's a lot of stuff going on, but externally I'm just like, you know, I smile. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's how they kind of move within different groups of people. They it's do. not get along with them. It's because they're actually imitating them. If you just met someone and they seem to like all the same things as you and you guys seem to just get along like super, super, super easy about almost like everything. Red flag, red flag. They're probably just mirroring you. You don't actually like them. You just like yourself. <laughs> they were mirroring me and I am very fun. I remember Chris Voss, world renowned hostage negotiator, teaching me about mirroring. They use it in hostage negotiations. I didn't realize that people mirrored people in real life and it was extra easy for them to mirror me when there's me all over the internet. They could study me before they even got there. So the answer is how did I go around such losers I didn't. They were imitating a version of me and that's why I liked them. That sounds narcissistic, but it's true. <laughs> Red flag, the sob story. They always have a sob story. But it's playing the, the victim card. It's just like, um, specifically, this is the, the clearest example I can give. It's like my, my current wife, I used to tell her that my, my, my son's mom was just, just crazy and just horrible to me. She's like, why are you single? I was like, you know what? Sometimes I ask myself that question, but then I look at my ex and I just I understand it. Like, no matter how good you are to people, like, it's not enough sometimes. And I just, really? No, you're saying it's a good person. I'm like, you know what? Good, good show. Good show. <laughs> that that. It's like, no, there's good people in the world. Freaking trained <laughs> by Disney princesses or Canadian, I'd be like, no, no, there's good people. Don't worry, I'll help you. I've done it before. The side, the side, because the sob stories work, because especially if you're trying to connect to somebody, the sob stories help connect people because other people, everybody has a sob story of their own. Like, you like, you know what? I've experienced something similar, and I'm going to show you what love is. Are you? You going to show me what love is? Thank you. <laughs> and it, and it, it works. works. It works. I hate when it works. I I hate when it works. And I, I was telling uh, Chelsea earlier on in the episode, the first time I was meeting this dude, I he was just a walking red flag. Like he should have just wore a red flag costume. <laughs> I said, and he goes, first sentence in, 
I was raped as a kid. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, well, that's what was my response. I was like, oh, <laughs> nice to meet you. That's a lot to just like kind of dump on me there. Yeah. You okay. And he's like, I figured I would just say it up front. Also, my sister died. I'm like, oh my God. And he, he hit me with like five of them while we're having lunch on this beautiful yeah. day. I'm just meeting the dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah. And my ex is crazy. And that ex is crazy. And the, the wife or my the kid's mom is a yeah. nut job. And yeah. he just, this poor little soul, I must protect him. Oh my gosh, love bombing. What is love bombing? Love bombing is when a narcissist, they make you feel on top of the world. So they will give you attention praise probably buy you extra gifts oh my gosh she bought me all this expensive jewelry right away when i just met you that's a red flag kids that's a that's a red flag take you to nice restaurants mm -hmm. um places i mean in reality if we think about that that's very nice i mean who doesn't want that yeah yeah, that, that's so nice to have that. But really, what, what happens with love bombing is it's at such an intense speed early on. So it could be that on a first date, they said, I want to marry you. You're going to be my, my wife or you're going to be my husband. I had someone send me like a birth chart with using my stars to prove that him and I are aligned and we're soulmates, probably twin flames. We should get married like next week. Have my babies. I didn't have the heart to tell him he used the wrong birthday. He was so convinced that he could trick me with stars. Guards up, ladies. These dudes know spirit girl language now and they are using it against you. Like I just yes. met you. Yeah. Absolutely. So does love bombing and future faking. So those of you listening, the future faking is when they're writing the whole story of your life together instantly. Exactly. We're going to do all these things, but they yes. never do, do they? They never do. Mm. They never do. Because what, what happens is that they will keep that on for a short period of time, but eventually the mask will slip. Did you experience love bombing? Absolutely. Okay. The showering me with attention, affection. Um, I even remember the first time that he said he loved me and it was, you know, two weeks in, of we were sitting, <laughs> we were sitting in his car and he actually brought on the waterworks, the whole theatric Thing. He grabbed my hand, told me he loved me. He had never felt this way before with yeah, say that anyone. With me in unison. Say that with me in unison. One, two, three. He's never, he never felt, felt this way, way before. before. They always say that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> like, where, is there a narcissism school that they give them a script that they all they, know what to say? They must have a handbook. And how do you guys all know the same moves? <laughs> so when people ask me that question, people ask like, is this a script? Like, did you have a little camera in my house? And I was just like, I have a little wise camera in my office, but like, it's not, <laughs> it's not in your house, you know? Um, it's just like most narcissistic people, they, the traits are going to be similar, like across the board. So the defense mechanisms are going to be similar across the board. So we, when we get in similar situations, we're going to react the same way. It's all a defense mechanism. So if I'm defending myself against a lie, you mm -hmm. cheated on me. No, I didn't. Like, and if I did, it's kind of your fault because you were denying me. You remember you said no six months ago. That hurt my feelings. So I just started this relationship behind your back. 
like can you blame me you said no to me like what you hurt my feelings like you to to it's kind of your fault and people if i say this enough people will believe it you know i just like it, it is kind of because i've talked to over the last couple last three years i've talked to literally thousands of people and people believe this stuff and i understand i was like hey you really believe that and i get i was like you know what i actually get it you know i i i get it because if you love and care about a person the first thing you want to do is believe them and you don't think they'll hurt you you know you mm-hmm. give your trust and care to this person so you're like you know what i'm gonna give you the the, the benefit of the doubt you know and the benefit of the doubt ruins so many people's lives because like, you know, you're like, I trusted you. I gave you the benefit of the doubt about this cheating, about this lying. And you were hiding money or whatever. But then it's just like, well, it's your fault for believing me. You you didn't have to believe me. You didn't have to forgive me. I wouldn't have done the same thing for you. So bye. It sounds like you're really good at it. So why would you not continue to do something you're really good at? Right? Like, yeah. if you get away with it, you're going to keep doing it. If you can convince people that your bullshit's true, that's your part of your performance. Of course you would continue it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's exactly word for word. what I tell people when I'm talking to them, why would they stop if they keep getting away with it? Why? I'm going to say this and I mean this with all the love. Okay. So please don't be offended if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're kind of like an evil villain that goes, <laughs> yo, I'm an evil villain, but I know I'm a villain. I don't want to be a villain. You're kind of like, um, like Maleficent. a minion. <laughs> I look, I look at it like Maleficent, you know, like everybody looks yeah. at Maleficent as the bad guy. But like, oh, she, she's kind of good. She has, a, she has her issues, but she, she, she saves the day at the end, you know. Okay, so the waterworks are coming. He, he's telling you you're the most amazing woman, not to say you're not, but two weeks in, he probably doesn't know all of you yet. Me being 19, this was only my second serious relationship. I was mind blown and I had never seen a grown man cry before. So I thought, how re- how much more real can this be? Yeah. And th- and I was off and running. I, I, I was so in love too. Mm. I had never felt that way either. I had never been tricked that way either. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me gifts, bragged about me to all of his friends. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Love bomb. Check. Isn't that isn't that what every girl's taught that we want? A guy who thinks we're soulmates? So they say that knowing that we have been trained by rom-coms to want to find our soulmate. Oh, you love me? And instantly? And we're going to have some friction? And then we're going to have to get away from each other? But we're going to come back together after we fight a bunch about things and then we're going to... Okay. We're going to... Oh, you mean trauma bond. We're going to trauma bond throughout this hour long okay that's what they taught us but i was somehow supposed to know that that's not how love really works why why are you training us so wrong see my theory is that a lot of these rom-coms were produced by narcissistic men to train us so that we wouldn't see their shit coming in fact we'd welcome it what is a flying monkey in narcissistic abuse terms there's different types of flying monkeys they are some of them are very deliberate. They want to hurt you just as much as the narcissist. They get probably a lot of satisfaction, to be honest, by passing information, spying on you, and maybe even following you at times. They summon the flying monkeys, just like the Wizard of Oz, and direct them at their targets. And they're like, yes. go flying monkeys, get Dorothy. Exactly. And then, you know, when it's online, like stuff I've experienced, they could be sending thousands, if not millions of people to come after you. And those people might think they're helping. 
They might think Absolutely. You know, they are just in what they're doing. They're inflicting social justice when really Absolutely. they could just be helping an abusive person abuse. I remember calling one of his sisters when we were in a huge blow up because I had no one else to call because he mm. had alienated all of my friends. And I said, I don't know what's going on. He's yelling. He's screaming. Please, like, you know, tell me what to do here because I, I'm out of answers. And the first question they asked was, what did you do to piss him off? Because he is not one to get crazy like this. So obviously you must have done something. Ooh. And I <laughs> That gives me a little trigger trigger. I, I feel the word trigger is overused. But that one stings. That what did you do to make them act like this? Over the years, um, like myself and a lot of other narcissistic people, we feel like we we try to protect our reputations and build good reputations in public. So it gets to the point where I don't even have to say anything no more. Like other people attack you. If you say something bad about me or attack me, like in real life, people are like, oh, mm, he's not like that. So my reputation has to be good. You know, so I try to make sure I'm in the public eye. I'm just like they're a robotic good person. Just like make sure I, you know, did good deeds and was a good person overall. Just so if anybody says something bad about me, I didn't have to defend myself necessarily. So at the same time that you were, you know, almost doing like PR for yourself in real life, um, were you in any narcissistic abusive relationship at the same time? I was on Facebook when it was the Facebook, when it had a T-H-E in front of it. So it's been Dang. a long time. Yeah, <laughs> you had to have a college ID to get on it. Um, so as long as I've been on Facebook, I've been in relationships and I've been narcissistic. So I've been like, you know, emotionally abusive to quite a few people. The game only works when they can go home and flip the switch. If everyone saw them in public being as awful to you as they actually are behind closed doors, then they don't have that game to play. And that, that's kind of what I've seen now is like, oh, that's half of their game is that they get to play with your mind and make you seem crazy to other people. Okay, so that was almost like part of the act is making yeah. sure that you appeared to be a good person. Yeah. I like. And, I, I think it's kind of duality of the thing. Though. I, I remember asking my therapist, I was just like, I, I think I'm a good person. It's like, are you? I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so it's like, I want to be a good person. The situation was that I did not have his breakfast ready on time. How dare you? How dare you? I was working as an EMT at the time and I had the graveyard shift. And so by the time he was getting up, I was just getting home. I had run late because when you have a patient, you can't just clock off like when you're supposed to. You're, yeah. You can get a call at the very end of shift. Anyway, I was coming home. As soon as I got home, I stayed up and I tried to get his breakfast ready before he had to go off to work. And I didn't get it all done. He got like half of it. So even with the whole breakfast thing, she said, well, you should have your routine down by now. He actually called in from work so we could have the fight. Oh my gosh. I was a flying monkey. This oh was, no. this is oh. my but you don't know confession. That. Okay, yes. here's my confession. No. I didn't know I was being a flying monkey. I was under the impression that a girl had made up these rumors about this guy and was trying to hurt him. And to help him, he asked me to post. He's like, could you just like post us together? Cause that'll yes. like make people know that I'm not some crazy evil man. And I was like, yeah, how dare she? Like people have tried to make up lies about me before. That's horrible. And you know, I thought I was putting on my freaking sword and my cap and coming to his rescue to help him because I wanted to I wanted someone to help me when that happened. So I thought I was helping him and in turn I hurt this girl and made her seem like a liar 
But I learned later that she was actually oh. the one being abused. And I felt so bad. I reached out to her after because I felt so bad. Flying monkey of that sort, they will feel very, very bad and remorseful. But if it's your other flying monkey, they, they're just as bad as the narcissist. It's just my defense mechanism against people. Just to kind of guard myself, to protect myself um, against the, like, trying to guard myself against shame. I don't like feeling shame. I just, just, I hate it. It's like, it, it's yeah. shame is icky. And I call it the shame monster. I try to avoid the shame monster at all costs. So, yeah, I've if somebody tries to hold me accountable for something, I always try to find a way to blame them for whatever's going on. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I know I did that, but like, you were the catalyst here. Well, everything is somebody else's fault. Yes, obviously. it has to. It has to be. You know, even it, even now, six years into therapy, I still feel myself blaming other people. And but I just like I've gotten to the point now where it's like, you know what? It's you know I have to negotiate with myself. It's just like, <laughs> you know what? It's not really. It's still your. It's still your fault. You know. And I, this is what I talk about in therapy. I was just like, you know, I had this incident right here. I know it's my fault. And I just feel like I want to blame somebody else. But I got to take it in. I have to. This is my shame session right here. I just hold my head down for a few minutes. What is a smear campaign and why is it associated with narcissism? So a smear campaign is the most awful thing a narcissist can do. So they will destroy your reputation. They will tell, fabricate lies about you. They will create stories that you're this monster, that you abuse them. And often really a smear campaign involves a lot of projection, Nicole. Mm. So they project what they are um, onto you, really. Have you ever run a smear campaign on somebody? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Go so, on. Say so what? I said, go on. Oh, so yeah. I mean, so smear campaigns work differently with me. So I, I mean, I wouldn't do this right now. I mean, I can't. I, so I would, that's a lie. So I would do it right now if I had to. I just like, I feel like when I, every time I meet someone in, in real life, I always have to find a way to ruin their life if they can ruin mine. It, there has to be, it has to be equitable. I cannot be in a, a I call it a, a relationship deficit. I can't be. You can't have all of this power and control over me. I can't, and I can't do anything about it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be around you. Like, why would I, like, you could ruin me. So nowadays, like, so I get, you know, I, and I tell this to people in my videos, like pre, smear campaigns become preemptive. Like I would start saying stuff about people I was with in the past, or I would start saying stuff before while we, we were still friends. I would start spreading rumors about you while we were still friends. Mm. So if the relationship dynamic fell apart, those rumors are already out there. Like, Hey, y'all, I told you that they would say this. I told you that they were crazy and they had this stuff going on. So I told you this would happen. You know what? You did tell me that would happen. So I believe you. Gotcha. Why would I lie to you? Why would I say this? If we, we were still friends, why would I say this about them? You see what I'm saying? A lot yep. of the stuff gets, it's like, again, it's like scheming. And like, you know, my therapist is so, so like, that's kind of sociopathic. Like, you scheme too much. And I was like, I don't want to, but like, it's sometimes like, you're like I said, it's, it's defense mechanism. Like it's like I have to, you know, protect the queen, me, mm. <laughs> the, I'm the queen. <laughs> Flip yeah. the yeah. <laughs> I've, I've experienced the exact that mm. exact thing with someone preemptively spreading things about yeah. me, and I'm like, yo, we're cool. What they started what before that they started yeah. before, and then you confront them about it. Like, well, did you say this about me? Why would I say that about you? We're friends. So, and they defend themselves against you. I would never like. I love you and I care about you. I would never say that about you 
they are lying. So it's kind of like they started smear campaign against the friends. Now, you, so you don't trust the friends, and you trust me. So now mm-hmm. it's just like y'all don't even talk anymore. So now it's just like okay, cool. No, so now yeah. these you are, can play them both separately at the yeah. same time. And the worst thing I think I think for you know anybody that's in the public eye as well that the smear campaign can reach billions, and it will go viral. And that is even worse because you've not, you've really not had a chance to explain yourself. Where's the proof of this smear campaign? Sorry, the evidence that they've, um, you know, that what they've projected onto you. And there won't be any. There won't be any. And if there, there were, you would have put it out there. Exactly. Um, because they would have loved that. So that's actually, as you know, something that I experienced a bunch of. I know. Exactly the smear campaigns and when i called one of the people out on it uh a woman had made up or a woman had spread this rumor that i um filed fake charges against someone a man and the judge called me a liar or something and dropped those charges and that's the kind of person i am stand up for men men need me too as well i called her out and i said post the charges post it that would be public record if that ever happened but she didn't and she didn't respond because she knows that didn't happen um but it's so embarrassing you think don't they feel embarrassed but but i think i think they but i don't think no they don't but for, for you and i if i we fabricated a story we'd be so embarrassed and people always try to, you know, because you have a higher level of empathy than, than narcissists. You try, you can put yourself in that person's shoes. You're like, because I care about this person. I wouldn't want to hurt them. I was like, okay, re- re- okay, remove the caring part. It didn't go from there. Action. And they're like, I can't do that. I can't think like exactly. You can't think like that where, where the empathy is removed. Like the empathy kind of flies away. And it's just like self-protection takes over, like a shield goes up. And it's just like, I will protect myself at all costs from the shame monster. For a narcissist, I think, I think they really believe their own lies. I think they do. They believe their own lies. I, I really, that's something I experienced is watching someone's face repeating a lie that I know didn't happen. I have hard proof that didn't happen, but they're still saying it. And I'm like... I genuinely believe that they've said this lie so many times that they believe it's true now. Yeah. That's weird. Like, that's really weird. What do you do with that? Like, you know, what do you do with that? And the narcissist feels no empathy for what they're doing. They actually get off on it, right? They do very much. I mean, I think, I think as long as that person is destroyed and I, and I think that really a spear campaign happens as well when you challenge a narcissist, when you try to get away from them, it creates this um, uh, a narcissistic injury. Because remember, it's in shame. They have to really, they get, 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 really get high on destroying that person. I've seen a bunch of your videos about reactive abuse. And to me, my one of my favorite phrases of the narcissists is the see she's crazy after they do something to you man or woman to make you respond have you experienced that can you talk a bit about that absolutely i i remember he was quite literally flicking me in the face in the forehead 
actually. Um, he was saying I was stupid, disgusting, not worth being on this earth. He doesn't know why he's wasting his time because I am that stupid. And yes. <laughs> and so eventually all of my boundaries being crossed and my fight or flight mode kicking in, I finally pushed him off me and screamed at the top of my lungs to stop touching me, stop talking to me, leave me alone. You're abusive. You're terrible. Mm -hmm. And he whipped out his phone and recorded all of it and said, this is why I treat you like this. Look at the way you're acting. I cannot believe I've wasted my time with you. You're nuts. And now I have proof. You know, if they can trigger you, they can control you. They can control everything you do. Like, if you mm -hmm. cannot control your emotional reactions around that person, they're going to make you look silly in public and all the other stuff. They just video recordings. Like, they'll poke, it's like they're poking with their fork and you explode. They got the camera on you. Yep. yep. You're crazy. Gotcha. You know. So, yeah. what happens is over time, they may have lots of recordings. So, it goes back to the sphere campaign. So if you go back and you try to lead them, they will tell everybody, oh my God, this is the kind of person I was with. Mm. Others, they will use that as, um, you know, kind of um, to press charges against you. I mean, I, I met a lady, it was a long while ago now, uh, maybe a couple of years back, and um, she contacted me in desperation. And she said one night they were, they had an argument and she literally just pushed him because he kept on poke, poke, poke. But it's not, not just, um, you know, men that are narcissists. There are female narcissists too, but it's just a, a male example. But what happened was he actually phoned the police on her and got her arrested. And she, she wasn't allowed to see her children. That was mm -hmm. the biggest punishment. And that was the game. That was the game that for them. That was the game. So I want to be clear for people watching or listening that when we say poke, 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 they could physically be poking you, but they're more likely going to what I call the burn book. Uh, just like in Mean Girls, of all the personal uh, horrible traumas that you've told them in confidence, your secrets, your deepest, darkest desires, your wants, your fears, whatever might have happened to you, they keep them in that list ready to hurt you exactly. and then when they want to inflict pain they throw them at you like darts yeah. did you do that yeah, yeah you you take the when i was telling you earlier how you i hate starting relationship relationships off in deficits no matter if it's an intimate relationship or friendship partnership co-workers whatever i hate starting those off in deficits so i need to find something some kind of pain or soft point in the person i'm dealing with just in case I don't mm -hmm. intend on using it, but just in case I'm losing an argument, I need to I need to have a hail mirror. It's fourth quarter, fourth down. I need to be able to throw something to the end zone. You know, <laughs> you hurt me. I hurt you back harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have to have something. You know, I try to. I, I don't do that so much nowadays because like I don't just care. But back in the day, I would do that for everybody. And like I said, and that's what the, and that's the point of the sob story as well. Because if I share a sob story with you, typically you feel like you need to share one with me. Mm -hmm. You need to, you want to connect. If you like me, you want to connect with a sob store, a similar sob store, or or sadder one. So I'm like, oh wow, really? That sucks. Oh, oh, they 
an overdose killed them. Oh, God, it sucks. Three years later, they didn't. They overdosed because you did it. They did. They wanted to get away from you. What? Damn. You know. Damn. That's exactly. <clears throat> yeah. That, that's that's the shit. Whatever's yes. gonna hurt you the most. That's what they say, or that's what they do. And then when you react to that, because obviously it's hurtful what they're doing, hurting you on purpose, that's when they film you. That's what they do. That's when they say that you're the abuser. You're crazy. Look, they're crazy. Yeah. It's evil. It's so evil. It's evil. It is. It's It's evil. I've experienced it multiple times now um, because I didn't know the red flags. And then when they got to that point where they started doing that, it was in business and personal relationships. I was like, oh my gosh, who who says the worst thing they could say? Who goes for the heart? Who tries to gather people together to hurt someone? That's not normal. (laughs) That's not normal at all. Did they send that video off to people? Not that I know of, it's possible, but I never heard about it from anyone else. But mm-hmm. I'm—he sure kept it for his own personal use. If we ever got into a fight afterwards, he would pull out the video and say, "You're gonna be like this again, or are you gonna act like an adult?" <laughs> I'm so sorry, like because I know that you know what narcissistic abuse is. Now I'm laughing, but. It's just so typical. And they mock you for reacting to them abusing you and then use it to further abuse you. And now you're the bad guy. You didn't, you know, you're probably the narcissist. You're the bad guy, narcissist, and you were the evil one all along. I'm the innocent victim in all of this. Ha ha, see, I have the video to prove it. You crazy bitch. Um, That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. And I hope people listening to this podcast know that they're not alone. And this is a growing issue. And narcissism isn't new. It's just coming to the forefront thanks to social media and people being okay talking about feelings. Um, And this is a very common tactic. And it's meant to make you feel even worse. It's meant to make you scared that they're going to show that video footage to somebody else. Um, And it's, it's meant to like basically degrade you further. Well, the way a narcissistic person treats you is not a reflection on you and who you are. It's actually their external presentation of how they're feeling inside. If they Mm. are, if there's a lot of turmoil, it's, you know, it's kind of like a volcano. It's like Mount Vesuvius. It's bubbling beneath the surface. It looks, it looks dormant, but behind the scenes, there's some bubbling. There's some, some heat going on. It's going to explode sooner or later. And, Mm. you know, just like a volcano and, and when it erupts, the people around it are going to get they're going to get burned up they're going to get they're going to get devoured and the, the people closest to a narcissist get treated the worst because of that because you're in there you're in the blast radius care about the person that's exploded on you and just expressing their inner hatred for themselves or their inner dissatisfaction with themselves on you 100 percent of the toxic relationships i've been involved in in business or personal life have involved some level of me saying oh it's okay But why did I do that? I always hoped, especially during my car accident years, that someone would just say that to me, you know, do on to others. Why wouldn't I give a guy that doesn't seem like my type a chance? Beauty got with the freaking beast that held her captive in his home because they're soulmates and true love. Oh my God, that's called Stockholm Syndrome. They didn't even gloss over that one. This dude is a literal monster. But she was investing in him, hoping that one day he'd turn into something else. Bitches, we've been set up. You are 
a bit alarming because he's holding you hostage. Fucking Bell. True that he's no Prince Charming. <laughs> he kidnapped your fucking father as well. Oh my gosh. This is what we were taught is love. Wow. All right, team, thank you for writing part one of Narcissism on the Arbor Effect. Fact, fact. Please exit down the ramp past the yellow line and get ready for part two. In the next episode, we dive into some deep shiz. I ask Lee what happened to him to make him narcissistic, and the answer is honestly going to blow your mind. We also get into why Canadians are more likely to be victims of narcissistic abuse and other massive red flags that nobody taught me, so I'm telling you. You're welcome. <laughs> Also, this is the last episode that's going to look and sound like it was recorded on a potato, so thank you for understanding. <laughs> I'm Nicole Arbor. This is The Arbor Effect. Thanks for watching and listening. Keep laughing. Be good to each other in real life. And until next time, whoopsh, go team. I be jealous of narcissists sometimes. Like y'all are here doing all this horrible stuff. That's why I be, I'm so hard at trying to go at them, trying to ruin their lives now. I'm just like, look, go to therapy. Stop manipulating people because I'm mad. I feel like I'm jealous of some narcissistic people. You're like, you're still running amok and I'm over here taking yeah. all the shit for it. Yeah, Look I at gotta, my comment section. Yeah. I got <laughs> you know, like everybody, all the other dogs are free. I got a shot collar. I can't even bark anymore. So it's just like, it's just yeah. like, no, I'm, everybody's getting a shot collar now. You are toxic. You are toxic. This is a toxic trait. Everybody get the shot collar. I got to have one. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.